Hello? Hello? Are you there? Michelle. <laughs> I know. I'm very sorry. We're, we are very late, but I brought Nick. So let's go. Let's go. Hi, guys. Morning. Hi. It's nice to join you two this morning. I'm grateful for your time. For having me. I'm happy to be here. I'm pumped to have you on. There's something really magical about you because you have this trifecta of critical thinking, factual data, and intuitive processing that really work in conjunction with who you are and the messages that you have, perspective and wisdom. So I couldn't think of a better person to have on and just see what happens and where the chat goes because it's really such an honor to be able to showcase the amazing person that is you. So welcome, welcome. I, um, sorry, Nick, if you were going to jump in there, I was just going to say that I, I think that how, so you have facts versus rhetoric, uh, a, a recent passion project of yours that sort of started with this internal sort of process and, and that, that you went through that you had described uh, to me briefly, but that I thought was really inspiring and also a really good demonstration of applying some of the things we've talked about on on TMI and would love for you to recap some of that, wh where you came from, where you are, where you want to go for the listeners. Hell yes. All right. So first of all, I started my passion project, as Tony put it, to help my mental health. These last two years have been challenging for everybody. And the parts that were extra challenging to me was the rhetoric that is making everyone's lives harder than it needs to be. And this isn't new. There's been, I think this has been a game for a long time. And I just needed to start to do something about it to hopefully spark a little curiosity in people to look at things differently. I've learned over these last two years that it's very hard to change somebody's mind by just going back and forth on a subject. So I've elected to try to say something that gets people's minds working in the right direction to do at least ask a question. And that's been the goal for the first 10 episodes. And that's amazing. I love <clears throat> that this started with the mental health journey because there's so many people right now that are in that state of, I don't want to call it despair. I'm not saying that's where you were, but this state of not, or forgetting that they can tap into their own critical thinking. They can tap into their own processing. They can tap into their own understanding and to really become knowledgeable on a subject rather than just regurgitating what they've heard or have been told. So there's something magical that I've watched un unravel in your process is you have inspired me, I'm speaking firsthand, that to use my own critical thinking more, where to find the facts, right? Where to go in and look at that because I'm such an intuitive person that I'll let my feelings take me anywhere. And you've really inspired me to find that balance. And I think that a lot of people will take away from that inspiration as well. 
Yeah, it's the, I think the feeling of being overwhelmed with everything, it helps, it helps with that. And uh, trying to understand and have, I think the biggest thing it taught me is to have confidence in what I believe in or what I think I know and not letting that voice in the back of your head come in and say either you're wrong or don't say that out loud. So that's, that's been pretty empowering because that really helps make it through a day to, to be honest, just the, the weight of the world normally is already hard on everybody. And then two years of isolation, fear, bullshit, it just, it's, it's all stacking on top of everybody. And you mentioned earlier, why is everything so crazy? I mean, if you want the layman's uh, opinion on that, it's, it's people are so overwhelmed and pushed past their point and they, and, it, and they just lash out at the smallest things that, that that's kind of what I've been noticing that everyone there, it just percolate and everyone's just ready to erupt and they just need a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And, and going back to what you were uh, saying about helping people get to a point where they're at least asking questions, that was a really powerful point that you made for me because just the it's it's a huge it lift to go from not questioning things to questioning them because they of the perception we have what that means and whether we're qualified to question that when when really it's just part of searching for truth and our truth and so it's a, it's a, it's a major shift and it's also a huge mitigating factor in exactly what you're talking about with the percolating, which is a really good word for it. This pressure that's building up that, that has to go somewhere, right? So we can react, right? Which if you, for those listening to this podcast, we always are talking about responding versus reacting, or we, we can focus and, and channel that and, and focusing that energy into starting to, to dig into asking the questions, particularly around the things that we are passionate about, the things that we are getting fed up with. We're being spoon fed as yep. truth. <laughs> yep. It's huge. Yeah. Well, Tony, so you, you hit on something that I just wanted to elaborate on. So this, yeah. this journey started, this journey started when I turned 40 and I had this epiphany that the people that was supposed to be experts in whatever their field is, whether it's medicine, really anything, people I perceived that knew more about a subject than me, I just defaulted to their opinion. Mm -hmm. And then when I turned 40, I was talking to my cardiologist friend who said, I told him I was doing the carnivore diet and he started telling me how bad it was. And he started regurgitating old cholesterol data. And I realized I was more up to speed on the subject than he was. Hmm. And that made me really relook at everything because we're all conditioned to just listen to the experts. And I realized the experts don't have the time 
to do the things that are necessary to keep up with the times, the change in data, and just life in general. So that kind of just opened the door, and I really began to question everything. I'd still be respectful to the people and listen to what they have to say, but I'm not just taking it hook, line, and sinker and running with it. Wow. That's powerful. And that's such a message. We have looked outside of ourselves for something to know what is right for us, know all the facts, because you go to the doctor, they know how to heal you. And and so you trust that. And then it's maybe your teacher and you trust that opinion and, or you're a parent or a spouse or a coworker. We let everybody dictate what we deem as reality rather than tuning in and realizing that expert doesn't equal authority and doesn't equal God. It's just mm-hmm. is a label we've affixed to somebody that, like you just said, Nick, they don't have the time. They're not keeping up on the latest data and facts and figures. I mean, put it this way. When COVID came to my household, I was like, Nick, help, because I know you have binders of data because you are so incredibly smart. <laughs> you have this amazing way of analyzing data that's coming in and the capacity that I don't have. You're my expert in that you're the expert in the critical thinking and in the intuitive guidance of that. That's the other thing that I want to talk about with you, Nick, is that you have this intuitive force that directs this. It's like this very beautiful symbiotic balance between the facts and and figures and statistics and information balanced with how to intuitively deliver that, what that means, how to apply it, where it applies. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Thank you for that. I obviously don't have the tools to identify that myself. So thank you for that. (laughs) Once you get to the point where you understand that experts have an opinion and you can listen to it and you can put it up against your own personal experiences, your eyeball test, your sniff test, all that jazz. But at the end of the day, you're the only one looking out for you. And I hope this last two years has taught people that because as this thing kind of unravels here and the narrative breaks up, people are always like, well, my doctor said this, my doctor said that. And that's great, but your your doctor's not a fucking hero. He's not a brave person. So there are more doctors just going in line because they don't want to stand out Mm -hmm. and do what's right. Mm. And everyone just assumes they would do that. So you can't, that that was another epiphany I had. It's like, you just can't put these people on a pedestal and be like, they will absolutely do what's in my best interest. They don't even know you. Yeah. They get 15 minutes with you. Yeah. So everything is broken and it will continue to stay broken until we realize that it either needs to change or we need to put in a little bit more work. Yeah. Mm. I think it's both. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> you reminded me of something, Nick, that a long time ago when, when I was I was in high school and my little sister was eating a snack. Well, I won't say the brand name of the snack she was eating, but she was sitting on the couch eating them and was like, are these good for you? They're like branded like they're good for you. So I said, I don't know, but let's do this. And I got the snack and went to a computer and started Googling the ingredients on it, right? And so we Googled one of them, 
the, the only one I really remember at this point that said it's uh, a preservative and it's also the primary ingredient in dishwasher soap. So my sister said, should, should I keep eating these? And I was like, well, that's, that's the question that only you can answer. Right. And that I'm going to continue to eat them. <laughs> and that's my choice, right? But now I'm doing it in in an informed way. Yes. Right? And which which was the point that I was trying to make. And what you were saying about you, th that that's really the goal. You can still make whatever choice you want you want to make. Just do it in an informed way, not in a way where you find out later that you were duped. And you just accepted something under an assumption that was not correct. So, oh. which we're trying to avoid, oh. right? Well, thousand percent, if I can quote Michelle. <laughs> no, you're you're a hundred percent right, Tony. I'm not even going to go over the hundred percent because that's that math. But you are right because listen, you need to remember they, they've lied to us about everything. Mm. Okay, so when you when you read that snack thing and it says hundred percent natural, whatever confusing language they use you need to remember they lied to us about tobacco mercury mm -hmm. opioids aluminum talcum fucking gmos cholesterol fluoride but now they're telling us the truth like hey it, that's that critical thinking that's the piece that most are missing because even fed with that that's cognitive dissonance right even knowing that right knowing everything you just said which is dead on People are going to still fight. And I don't know that those people can be saved, but <laughs> there's, there's the 30% that can't be saved. There's the 30% that are saved. And then there's that chunk in the middle that yet we have the best chance of moving, moving the needle in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's really for people who are listening that are on that same page who are like, yes, and I'm just realizing this perhaps maybe they're. They just stumbled across this episode and it's this new realization. And once you see it, you're like, what the fuck, right? How can we encourage these people? Or do you have any resources or knowledge you'd like to share of where can people go to find legitimate stuff that they want to research about? Where can they go and find something that's not the seven news media giants that are regurgitating in over tens of thousands of different levels of media? Well, I, I would say the, I, maybe the better way to look at this is what not to listen to. Yeah. Good. Love right. That. Because there are plenty of people out there and it's a very easy eyeball test, sniff test to get here. I mean, what's making me the most frustrated is the constant insult of my intelligence when people say stupid shit. Yeah. So right now we're in an era where this misinformation is just really a difference of opinion. And you need to start looking at that word like that. Okay. Because when the people in charge just, just dismiss anyone's dissenting views that they don't, that they don't prove with evidence and why they're wrong, just automatically discount anything they say. Yeah. You have people in charge acting like children that just make fun of someone's, or, or, criticize someone's character or just has some stupid ad hominem attack, but they never, they never go after the, the substance of what's being said. So if you find yourself listening to that shit, you're at the wrong place. Mm. 
the right place is people willing to discuss things with the other side and have and enter into a conversation in good faith to have a legitimate back and forth to hopefully learn something. If you're not trying to learn something, then forget it. You're trying to convince somebody of something. I don't have time for that shit. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm like, yes. Nick, oh, you're on fire. I love it, dude. Okay. Do you feel comfortable sharing that experience of when you were at the bar and people were talking about inflation and you were like, I don't know what came over me, but I had to yep. up? Can you, will you share that? Because that's like just such a good example of having a conversation. Yeah. I, so inflation is one of my subjects that I love because it is so cut and dry, yet the government and the people responsible for it need to make it so complicated that you don't know who to blame. Mm -hmm. All right. So inflation is the increase of the money supply. That's it. Okay. Now, yeah, they've changed the definition in the dictionary. So you need, you need an old dictionary to actually see that. But they need to confuse the public because they're responsible for the inflation. Yep. So there was a couple at the bar started yapping about inflation, supply chain, all the talking points from the news. And I just politely turned to my brother-in-law. I said, I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> and I turned back to them and we were the only four people at the bar. And I just went off about what inflation is. And it's the increase of the money supply. So you get inflation when you print money. It doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. Everything else is a symptom of that. But that is the problem. And I need, why I'm so passionate is I need people to understand where to direct their anger towards. Mm -hmm. Because no one's going to solve a problem if they actually don't know really what it is. Yep. And that can be anything. That could be inflation, censorship, all everything. Yeah. So if you're not even correct with the initial conversation, there's zero chance you're ever going to do anything to fix it. Mm -hmm. And the more the people that are responsible for it can hide in the shadows of all these crazy definitions and constantly moving the goalposts, they can just keep playing the same game. And we're the ones that are suffering because we're this, the, the fucking schmucks that go to work and earn a living and produce things into the economy. Mm -hmm. And our take-home money is just getting devalued because yeah. they can't spend within a budget. It's that easy. I'm so fired up right now. Me too. If I can, if I can digress for a second, because the feds just met, the federal reserve just had yep. that January thing. And, oh, we're going to address in inflation. We're going to plan to buy less bonds, raise interest rates. And uh, we're not doing any of that yet, but at some indefinite point in time in the future, that's what we're going to do. And I'm like, okay, so that's, I guess, legal market manipulation. You didn't say a fucking thing about inflation. <laughs> So like you just said, it's infuriating when the, the it's, let's use, talk about the Greeks, Delta and, and, and throw out these things that people um, are going to say, oh, well, that sounds smart. So they must know what they're talking about mm -hmm. uh, to distract from the fact that it's a very straightforward thing and they're intentionally not addressing it yeah. because they created the mess. And, and it's, it's infuriating. And I, I share that. Uh, yeah. Well, totally because a, they created it and B, they can't do anything to fix it yeah. and, and they can't be honest. So this is another great thing to add to your little radar here is when you have 
a government person testifying and they're asked a direct question and they give these friggin' unquantifiable answers, like you, they're lying. Yeah. Right. Oh. So when this, when the CDC gets up there and they say, how many people have died? They're like, oh, we don't have that with us, but we'll get it to you. And when the Fed guy gets up there and Jerome Powell says all this shit about we need to do something about it, just not right now, it's all bullshit. And if you yeah. listen, my, my curse is I have a good memory. So I remember when Jerome Powell was like, oh, we've been under 2% inflation for so long, we got to get a, we got to get above, we got to let it run hot. And then when we were running real hot, he was like, well, we were under 2% for so long that we wanted to average 2%. So we, we want to be above it for a little bit. And then it was like way above it. And then he was like, oh, this is transitory. And now we're using these made up words about this is temporary. Yet everything, they haven't changed anything that they've been doing that created this mess. So it continues to get worse. And they're in a position now where they can't, do anything about it they know that but they just keep having to have these press conferences where they don't address the thing they can't yeah. raise interest rates without crashing the stock market yeah. and that's the only way you fight inflation mm -hmm. is to raise interest rates and lower the money supply this yeah. isn't fucking rocket science <laughs> but if you don't understand how it works you're just going to be like, oh, supply chain bottlenecks. It has nothing to do with it. <laughs> the way you just explained that, the energy was like, yeah, exactly. It's just all just, it's distraction. With, but it's everything. And that's, yeah. that's what inspired me to just to start talking about it. So I didn't think I was crazy. Yeah. Just, it, and I don't know if it was like selfishly like, hey, I want to get this on record that I can see through the bullshit. I don't know what it was, but it's like this with every topic economy foreign affairs yeah the friggin' everything it, they just feed you so much shit and everyone just doesn't have the tools to see through it yeah that's right i want to go back for a moment when you were because i know the passion that you just showed right now and this amazing dialect that is happening is exactly what the people at the bar felt so how is their receptivity with your information and the conversation that was held, oh, were they receptive to it? Abs that one? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what they looked at me like, oh my God, you're so smart. What do you do for a living? I'm like, I sell oil. <laughs> and they just, they just looked at me. I'm like, you don't need to be an economist to understand how stuff works. And that's, Tony mentioned that earlier, is that whole like, perceived hierarchy of people that know more than you and yeah. where do you fit in and all this bullshit and people are automatically smarter because they're older or because they have some initials after their name or yeah. whatever that part is throw that shit out <laughs> listen to what they say critically and ask them some questions yeah. there's nothing more telling than asking somebody a question on a subject they're talking about to see if they actually know what they're talking about or they're just parroting something they heard. Yeah, exactly. That's great. That's a great gate to pass. The next time anyone's having a conversation and wanting to see if it's substance and perspective or if it's just fluff is to, to have it pass that gate 
especially if it's with someone you really disagree with about a subject. Yeah. This was my good COVID playbook for a while in the beginning mm -hmm. because they were so sure about things that instead of me trying to convince them otherwise, I'd ask yeah. questions. Sure. And inevitably they can't answer them. And if a subject back and forth, you should be able to explain it in your own words. Mm -hmm. And that's it. So that's a great BS test is ask questions, have them, have them go into more detail with whatever little talking point they just said. I also get to the point where I'm done having to defend my knowledge and prove to you that I, I did the work. Cause the more I found out is the people I'm talking to didn't put the work in. Yeah. You're, you're yep. wasting my time. I don't need to convince you that I, I put the work in prove to me that you're putting any work in. Yes. Yeah. You made a good, I love how you said, cause I'm a feeler Michelle, because people who are doing the opposite of what Nick is doing count on that. And they, you, they collect platitudes and sayings that people have said, yeah. uh, well in the world today, better safe than sorry. Yeah. And, and, and I try to appeal to people's emotional sense with things that are just bullshit. They don't mean anything. They're not based on anything real. And that's what I, I also love about your delivery, your, your perspective, Nick, is it's the complete antithesis of that. Yeah, but it's led by it. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it, it, that's the balance that I'm like, what? That's the bridge. There's just this, there's also this intensity that I, that I love that I think a lot of people are going to relate to that you said, Nick, which is I'm so sick of people doubting my intelligence. I'm so sick of having to prove my stance, opinion. I think a lot of people feel that, that it's always this like questioning, doubting, proving that's really inspiring. That really what led you into this is I'm so sick of having to defend everything. Well, then I'm sick of, I'm sick of being lied to and you think I'm not bright enough to know you're lying. Like, yeah. it, it, that's all it is, is you're just fed lies at, at all times. And I just get frustrated because I'm like, I'm not that dumb and I'm yeah. not, a, I'm not a fucking brilliant guy. However, I know that that's bullshit. That's, yeah. that's, and, and that's what motivates me to try to just, just talk to people because you're either a contrarian or you're a victim. Yeah. And I don't know, those words have served me okay so far. Yeah. For people who are not familiar, I know we went into this just a tad and we're going to go into it again at the end. Your podcast is fire. People need to listen to that. I think that it, um, and it will all be linked. But these conversations, this dialect, this understanding is just amplified and going into such more depth. I'm excited that something like this is existing because I feel like this is, again, I don't know anybody else who does what you do, meaning you're, you're like, I'm not a brilliant guy. I was like, why? Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> so to go critical thinking, most people have lost that skill, Nick. Like you talk very matter-of-factly and I know that it's been a journey, but you use the skill of common sense, of critical thinking, but you allow it to be delivered through the intuitive process you have built your whole life around this presentation of what we're seeing in your podcast. I think much of your life reflects the, the talk that you talk. 
it's not just something that you talk or, or opportunities for conversation. If you wanted to get into that, go a little bit deeper into how you apply these things and not just getting this outlift with your podcast, but really how you live your life. I think that's super inspirational too, if you want. Yeah, I think it comes down to having the confidence in what you think. So I spent a lot of time trying to be as informed as possible. So then when it comes time to make a decision, I'm feeling really good about it because I can put my head in the pillow knowing I've done everything I can do. And if it's the wrong call, so be it. But I made it on my own terms. So the, the school is a great example. I pulled my kids out of public school and we sent them somewhere they, where they could be free. They don't, they can, they don't have to wear a mask. It's, it's just kids can be kids. Yeah. And I identified that with my wife because we were most worried about their mental health. Yeah. I, I have a, you know, 12 and 14 year old. So worried about hurting their lifelong ambition of being whatever profession they want to be if they're not in public school for a year. Yeah. But if you have the confidence and you've done your own work, it's a lot easier to be like, nope, we got to make a change. Mm -hmm. I don't care how different it is. I don't care the family members that don't understand it and that are passive aggressive about it and all that shit. At the end of the day, it's your job and your responsibility. So if, if, if someone, if my decision, I always have a problem when people give me their two cents and it's like, yeah, but you're not invested in the consequences of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't care Yeah, whether it's a government or a family member. It's like, I wouldn't ever tell somebody how to live their life or do something in their life if I wasn't gonna have some sort of consequences to that with them yeah so that's uh, something that a lot of people have lost sight of it's you're responsible for your safety and your life so when you can take control of that the game gets a lot easier because you're not worrying about pleasing everyone or doing things the right way you're just worried about doing what you think is right and that's all i'm about right now i've learned this later in my life with the help of great people like you guys and my very understanding wife, but I'm here now and I got another 40 so years to go, hopefully. And <laughs> what the fuck are we doing here if we're not taking care of ourselves? And to tie that in the podcast, all I want to do is to try to get people to start thinking for themselves mm -hmm. or perhaps understand that what people are telling them isn't exactly true. At the end of the day, yeah, I guess it's my opinion and it's somebody else's opinion, but I'm not trying to convince you my opinion's right. I'm just trying to get you to, to be like, huh. To find your own opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's such a wonderful thing that you say, like, if you're not invested in the consequences of this, then your opinion is really ir irrelevant. It goes back to discernment. Be careful whose opinion you take. It's one thing to have a conversation. It's another thing to ad adopt somebody else's opinion because it sounds more believable than your own. What I mean? <laughs> well, yeah. And, and the people that don't pay any consequences for being wrong. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, chalk that up to anybody on the news or in the government telling you what you should do and what's for your own health and safety, there's no penalty yeah. 
for being wrong. There's no accountability that all that shit's gone. So you need to understand. Well, when society collapses, Nick, I will ask for you to be the head of the fucking <laughs> new societal structure, please. <laughs> It's and it's crazy because we don't need to redo anything. Yeah. We need to get back to doing what worked instead of doing what sounded good. Yeah, and that's that's where we've lost our way, and that's you see it get compounded because the education sucks and people don't know how government works and everyone's just trying to barely hang on. They can't participate how they should, and it just turns into a game of promising voter shit. And then you just get to a point where, fun fact, every democracy has failed in the history <laughs> of the world. And they usually fail because they go bankrupt. Wow. So we're not far away from that. And yes, we're a, a, a democratic republic. Okay. So it's we would have been dead long ago if it was a pure democracy. However, the people those rugged individuals that they used to be are no longer those types of people. And it's political suicide, to be honest, and tell people they're going to have to suffer or sacrifice to fix a problem. So you, you know, throw on 50, 60 years of that shit. And here we are. Yeah. And that parallels so much that that's like an incredibly powerful point. Yeah. And, what I what I really appreciated about the founding fathers was they were so concerned about it failing because yeah. they yeah. all their examples in history failed. So they were like, how can we prevent this? And they came up with an ingenious way of keeping government small and limiting what they can do. And that that was the point. Yeah. That, they knew what was going to happen, and it's pretty unbelievable that it's made it this long, and where we got away from their message was when you started having people in government say, well, we need to interpret the Constitution. It's like, this isn't written in fucking Chinese. <laughs> you don't need to interpret it. Right. It's, it's black and white. Right. It's very simple. Yeah, you can update some of the terms. However for the greater good means everybody. It doesn't mean it's just a, it's a clause to be able to pass whatever unconstitutional law you want. So I, I don't know. I just, the, the writings on the wall. I mean, it, it, the history of what's, what's the saying? History doesn't repeat it instructs, right? So it's, oh, wow. they yeah. knew what's going to happen. Right. And all we have to do is not let it happen. Government was supposed to be a civic fucking duty. So not how do we do that then? When you say not let it fucking happen, what any anybody listening right now? What are small ways that we can start that momentum? Well, the the quickest two ways is one, I would not vote for an incumbent until they do something good for you. But two, don't promise your vote to a political party before they give you something for it. This is the biggest problem with the two party system: is, is it is it's the lesser of two evils. They're all owned by the same corporate donor, so it doesn't even matter who fucking wins or loses. Mm -hmm. And it's just every four years, everyone has amnesia, and they're like, well, if my team wins, it'll be fine. We just get my guys the guy to fix this. Yeah. And they're looking at it wrong. And everyone 
gets swept up into that every election cycle. Mm-hmm. And until how government works and you start using your vote as leverage, it's nothing's going to change. Yeah. And that's why we need a third party. We're the only country that has two political parties. This is wow. insane. Every country, most mostly every country, has multiple. You know, so you have options. You have choices. And if you don't do a good job, you get voted out. But just think about this. In your lifetime, what has the government done for you that's made your life better? And don't say they gave me a $1,400 check. Think about a policy or something that they did that made, I don't know, the value of your money go up or I don't know. I can't think of one. Anything. Anything. So once you understand the game, then you can hold the right people accountable. And I think you're seeing a wave of that now, Mm -hmm. you know, with the, with the midterms coming up and a lot of people coming out of the woodwork to run because they, they finally wake it up to the fact that these people aren't here to help us. They have their own career. They're selling their influence to further their own career. Yeah. My, my favorite example of that is there's a lot of politicians that are in office now that ran on Medicare for all to get elected. If they're not going to give us Medicare for all in the middle of a fucking pandemic, you're never <laughs> going to get it. So Holy shit. What, what, what game are you watching here? These aren't celebrities. You shouldn't look up to them and idolize them. Mm-hmm. You should hold them accountable and call them out on shit. And they've geniusly turned that process into bullying. <laughs> so you can't yeah. even be critical of a public elected official. Yeah. Yep. It, could, it could be sexist or it could be whatever, fill in the fucking blank. Yep. Yeah. And that's, I love this because. Me too. It's what we've been talking about this whole episode. That's what, that's what we can, can do is to have that critical thinking. Right. And to understand that, like, when you start to question these things and talk sense, that's going to be unpopular, right? Which makes this a fantastic topic for TMI where we have unpopular. (laughs) But, like, what's more important to you? Do you, so you ask yourself, do you really want to see this? Because if, well, other people are going to say shit about you if you, whatever, join an independent party, whatever it is, and, and, and that's more important to you, then you don't, right? And, and there's maybe something else that you should be looking at, but it's going, it's work. You have put in work, Nick, and, and the, your efforts have, are, are showing very clear mm-hmm. to people who know you. And it, it's, it's 100% to your benefit and to the benefit of the people around you. And so I I hope that this inspires other people down this path because the more uh, people we have thinking critically, not not doing what we're saying, just insofar as they're thinking critically, the, the, the closer we're going to get to seeing that kind of change. Right. And then, so the other part is, there's a lot of willful ignorance, right? Because even when stuff doesn't make sense, they start to think about it. And then it's like, whoa, too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. If my government's 
against me or the doctor, whatever piece they're thinking of, it's too much. Mm -hmm. So then they go, oh, nope, nope. I'm just going to bury my head in the sand. Yep. Because I can't even, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the great example of that was my wife has a friend. They were at this like all natural, I don't know, oil, like an Avon thing. And she just was very honest. And she said, I can't even with the all natural products because it's too hard to run a household with three kids and do the whole clean food, clean everything. Like it had, there has to be a point where you just got to, you can't, right? So there's just a lot of that going on Yeah, where it's too overwhelming to be like, oh my God. Yeah, like you think you're feeling alone during a lockdown? Wait till you, <laughs> wait till you come to the conclusion that like no one's here to help you. <laughs> yeah, that everything's yeah. a fucking lie. Right, <laughs> and like you're you're a pro, you're a commodity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's quite it's, a trip when the light comes in or when you like grasp one of those things or you have that aha moment and all of a sudden you're like I've been lied to, everything's not real. It's really intense. My advice to anybody who maybe on that path of kind of really coming to their own, using their discernment, using their critical thinking, having some truths kind of be exposed, feeling overwhelmed, just take one little thing, one little thing that you want to know more about, one little thing that maybe you're having a different perspective on, because those little things add up. And so the, it's really taking little pieces out of that big collective chunk that feels so overwhelming. It doesn't have to be everything all at once. There obviously is a cut up line. But for me right now, it feels like, I want everybody, I'm like me included, to really start taking power back into our external reality. You'll hear us talk about take your power back and have that be applied to reactions and behaviors and internal state. But that also with, is with our external beliefs, what we're willing to put up with, understanding how our government works, understanding where our power lies. It feels like a daunting task, um, but I hope that everybody really takes away from this is is that it's our, it's our birthright. <laughs> it's, we're living in this reality. And so you'll hear people say, well, I'm just one person. I can't change everything. But if everybody that's saying I'm just one person does the very thing that they're saying I'm just one person about, then we're not one person for all of us. Well, and if you're not trying to help, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're adversely affecting the right change that needs to happen. So even mm. just staying on the sidelines isn't the right play either. Yep. Yep. Exactly. But so everyone's so afraid of judgment, other people's opinions and being wrong about something or, well, the collective doesn't think that and so-and-so down the street or I don't trust myself. It's just really this, that phrase, guilt by association, or you're just as bad if you're not stopping it. If you watched it, if you didn't speak up, you're doing it type of thing. It's, it's, well, well, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, Michelle. I just, no, please go. On that point, what really helped me, because we're in the day and age of memes, and there was this, there was a meme that said, I'll, I'm going to paraphrase. So it was something to the effect that if you're withholding what, how you really feel to, to, to not have that person you're talking to be mad at you, then they don't like the real you anyway. Mm. They like a version of you. And I was like, holy shit. Because yeah, that was so freeing. Mm -hmm. Because I'm trying to like dance through the raindrops to try to keep the peace when it's like, well, if they, they wouldn't even like the real me anyway. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm getting to the point in my life. I want to be real. Yeah. Tony, what do you think? Well, we've talked a lot about big stuff 
that I feel like if that there's, there's a part of this that is also fueled by Nick, your personal goals for, for your life and the people that you interact with on a, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis aspect to it. Correct. I'm so stuck on stupid right now. Nick, did you understand what he was saying? I think so. We're talking about decision-making processes in your immediate, like family, close circle and how you're, am I kind of on the right track? And how your critical thinking yeah. and, and the exact things we've been talking about are applied on that micro scale versus oh, the macro. Nice one. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, because when I decided to leave the family business to going into this, and I mean, right now we do have a lot of families that are getting ripped apart by I know today. What's going yeah. on? So yep. yeah, I don't know if we want to, you know. Yeah, let's go into that. Yeah. yeah, fuck yes, absolutely. All right, so maybe a little background yeah. for everyone. I was in a family business with my family. It was a five generation business since 1854. And I got to a point in my life where I realized that that identity of myself being that person wasn't making me or my family happy. And it's not what I wanted. I saw my future in my parents. I saw a man bust his ass for 30 something years provide a great life to his family, retire, and then get shit from his wife for the rest of his life because he was never home. So I, I knew the path I was on was going to end up there. Mm -hmm. If I was lucky enough to make it as far as he did, most likely I'd probably be divorced. So when I decided to put my life first and not the expectations of, or the pressures of a family, mm -hmm. that was a big moment for me to really unlock all the potential for everything to, I mean, that, that was one of the hardest things I've ever did. Yeah. So once you do that, all the other stuff is, is easy in comparison. So. I am on the outskirts with most of my family because of that and because of my stance on the world today and the decisions I've made. And unfortunately, it's taken two years for people to hopefully admit that my actions don't affect anybody else and vice versa. That was a big thing in the beginning, right? I'm doing this for so-and-so. Everyone was so virtuous and wanted just to signal, whip it out, signal all their virtue all over everyone. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that never made sense to me because that, that's not how it works, right? I'm responsible for my safety and my family's safety. You're responsible for your safety and your family's safety. That's it. And when people started asking other people to do shit so they could feel safe, that didn't make any sense to me. And everyone was so damn scared, they they couldn't see the the lunacy in that, but that's where we're at now. You have family members not talking to each other. You get newborn infants 
being born into a world that they don't get to see half of their family because they were so scared by their doctors and everything. Mm -hmm. And they're just so personally offended that you wouldn't jump through hoops so they could feel safe. And it's, it's so sad, but I guess that's all the more reason to be informed and to try to talk to as many people the right way. And the goal should to be, to be right. I mean, that's, what's so crazy to me is I enter into something cause I want to be right about it or learn about it. I don't, I want to learn. I don't want to just be opinionated and yeah. wrong. And that's one of the biggest challenges right now with, with everybody. And from my family standpoint, I'm, I'm having a great time. Like I'm having a hard time dealing with a lot of this shit on an everyday basis. But when I go home, I'm comfortable in my decisions I made. I'm happy. I have time for my family. I'm watching my kids grow up. Oh, yeah. And that finally made me realize what I should be doing. Yeah. Because before I was doing what I thought I should be doing. Yeah. What you were told you're supposed to be doing, even if it wasn't told directly, it was just that expectation. You drop that fixed expectation of this is what's important if you provide, if you do this, but you pulled it back and you went against a very ingrained narrative. And also your authenticity of your sharing right now is really inspiring because many people, many, many, many people, people. are in the yep. exact situation yep. right now and are literally like, do I keep pushing forward with like, we'll keep chugging along because this is what's expected. This was the laid out and your loyalty and, and no, I don't care if it's ruining this or where that's going and then taking it back and being like, oh, wait, I can actually go this way and put what's right for me rather than what's expected of me. Do what feels right and where I want my life to be steered rather than listening to the opinions of others who, by the way, if you wouldn't emulate their life, don't take their fucking opinions. Yeah. And that's, it, 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 I just want to echo that, Michelle, how powerful that is because there is nowhere to go. You didn't have anywhere to go, Nick, to say, this is a, this is an impactful decision here. I don't, and there's no, there's no stepping outside of it. Either I'm doing what is right for me and my immediate family at, at a cost that, that you yeah. really needed to contemplate yeah. or uh, I don't. And, and that goes down a whole completely different other road and there's nowhere to go to, to, to have someone say, oh yeah, you, you got to go this way. Yeah. You have to figure that out. And so many people are in that position right now. Like, yeah. like Michelle was saying, that's, that's what's so powerful. Have you guys heard of the new Disney movie, Enchanto? Yeah, I watched it. I love it so much. <laughs> so I think that ties into the whole family pressure thing because the villain in that movie was family pressure. Yeah. Right? There was no bad guy. They were mm. fighting against that i don't know the, the pressure that each family member feels and what they think their role should be in the family yeah yeah so i was like wow that's very interesting yeah touch some touch some things on my life but i was like mm -hmm. oh shit mm -hmm. wow so anybody dealing with that right now the breaking down of relationships and they're usually in relationships and connections that are like big deals in our lives 
gut breaking down in relationship is showing you where you've played a role in someone else's story. And everyone can be living their own perspective and how this affects their life. That's okay. You have to stop identifying with, I need to fit into everyone else's story and start letting your own and the way it's affecting you and what needs to change be yours to direct and not let anyone else's influence happen. Family influence is very hard. And I, it's very difficult when you add a business and especially you're like, yeah, five generations going back to the 18th. And I was like, oh my God, like, that's a lot. That's not just your current lifetime. That's ancestral stuff that you are chain breaking, right? That's like deep stuff. That's really going against a family grain and to show that level of resolve to march to the beat of your own drum when you have had five generations of it carved out is very very intense <laughs> it's that's like an intense path to walk down and well, wow wow because yeah, wow, you did with such grace and like now look at you said i get to watch my kids grow up i almost felt i was like oh my god so many people listening to that are gonna be like i'm missing everything with my kids Right. And that's a decision you're making. <laughs> so that's what I do that. <laughs> I only got to this place, Michelle, with your help. So oh, thanks. Bud. I having heard from my great grandfather that this is bullshit. And I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was certainly like, yeah, very helpful. Because our spirit knows. And I think that there's a lot of things, too, that like our spirit knows and our ancestors know oh shit, this is not yours to shoulder. You, who's going to break the goddamn chain? Like there were ancestors there. So yeah, it was like, no, no, it doesn't need to miss the mark like this. It doesn't need to keep going like this. You are pouring into the actual other parts that matter. Society has told us specifically men, you provide, you provide a paycheck and then that's it. Like do your best at that. Take care of your family. Make sure that they never want for anything. And that's the definition of what, has been drilled in our head mm. and you're pouring into the other avenues. That's why that intuitive process, even with your critical thinking, that balance that you have, you're pouring into the other cups that are going to leave lasting benefit impressions, not consequences in your life. Yeah. You're going to see that play out. And that's really beautiful. You have completely shifted gears in that. And one thing that I added to my toolbox, thanks to PMI, which kind of ties into this, mm -hmm. it is... When you change something in, say, the family dynamic, the people that have the most issue with it initially have a problem because their life is now, you're forcing them to change too. Yeah. And that made dealing with the static a lot easier. Yeah. Because it wasn't like, oh, I let them down. It was like, oh, no, they need to do their own shit. Yeah. Figure their own stuff out. Yep. And we can't base our we can't base our decisions based on how somebody else is going to be, you know, affected by it or then project out about it or what's expected or affixed to it. It's really difficult. And they're not doing that for you. Yeah. Yeah. And then right. you realize, shit, was I playing a role in this? Like I'm just a character in whatever storyline's going on, and no one's giving me the common courtesy to allow me to have my own storyline. No and then realizing yeah. if you don't pour in that the relationship stops. Yeah, no no one was busting their ass to make sure I was. Yeah. Wow, I am just blown away at the beautiful container of conversation that has taken form here. These conversations this morning have been wild. Gentlemen, 
I think we have created a great container. Before we wrap up, where can people find more out about you? All right. Well, the name of the podcast is Facts versus Rhetoric. I'm 10 episodes in, and here's the format. I have a topic I'm passionate about. I turn the microphone on. I try to play some cool music to start. Yeah, you do. I talk, and then I am done. I'm trying to leave it unscripted, and I was trying to just go for the authenticity part of it. I don't want to just be reading from a piece of paper. So the episodes kind of go all over the place on a certain topic mm-hmm. because I start saying, I start talking and I say one thing and it reminds me of another thing and it just kind of, kind of keeps going. So I've just tried to take subjects that everyone's dealing with today that I don't think they're getting the truth on. So I'm hoping just to spark a little curiosity to do your own research and figure it out on your own if you're so inclined. And that's why I didn't want to have it really scripted. I'm not trying to convince anybody that I'm right. Mm -hmm. I'm simply trying to point out what I think is obvious. And I think people would benefit from taking the red pill and actually seeing the world in the right way. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time and your wisdom and experience and all that is you. Uh, I'm so grateful for this morning. gentlemen. No, thank you guys. And I really appreciate the TMI and just every time you guys talk, it's, I learned something and I end up being a little bit better than I was the day before. So that's all you can ask for. Ditto dude. Ditto. Yeah. All right, bud. Well, you guys have a great weekend. We will chat soon. And thanks again. Awesome. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.